You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Sometimes people say we're kind of weird. We like weird movies. We like weird TV shows. Heck, we even like weird music. So today, we're going to discuss the weird career of Weird Al. Parody songs, children's television show, and one weird ass film. You know what Weird Al says? It's okay to be weird. And here come two of the weirdest dudes you know, Corey and Mikey. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Here we go, ya weirdos. Hey there, how's it going? I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We're here with another exciting episode of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. How you doing, bud? Doing really good. Good. Really good. You you ready to jump into this? I am. This is going to be an exciting, I'm excited about this one. This one should be fun. Um, so, when you're, okay, think back to when you were younger. And you didn't really have your own, you didn't really like your own things. You liked things that like were presented to you by your parents or by your older brothers or, or whoever. Yeah. You know, whomever was older in your life. You know, maybe even your grandparents. I mean, sometimes it was just... You didn't get to to enjoy your your own likes, but you might not like what they showed you, which is usually right. Yeah, you, you might not enjoy the same things. It was just you you endured it. Whatever was on the TV or whatever was on the radio. What the hell was that? I dropped my shaker. Dropped your shaker. Everything's going to hell over here. I know. Everything's going to hell. Just everything's going to hell. Everything's going to hell. Hell, cursed. In, hell in a handbasket. Hell in a handbasket. You're cursed. Well, but now and again, you might find something that you could show to those people that are showing you things. But usually it was something funny that you found funny. Yes. I find a lot of shit funny. I know. Yeah, you do. And sometimes it's not funny to anybody but us. <laughs> I know. You, you know. <laughs> but a lot of times it wouldn't be the TV. It would be, you would maybe hear a song that you thought was funny. Yeah. And you would say, you have to listen to this song, it's really funny. Or it would be something that was presented to you, like, uh, for example, like, back when McDonald's, they gave you records. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Happy Meals. That's right. And one of the first funny songs that I remember hearing was on McDonald's, it came in a Happy Meal, was Do Your Ears Hang Low. Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? I don't know if it's ear. I thought it was balls that hung low. That, not at that age. It was not in a Happy Meal. <laughs> they were not talking about your McNuggets back then. <laughs> your McNuggets. Your McNuggets. Do your nugs hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? I don't know if I can tie my ears in a knot. I don't think I can tie mine in a bow. I can tie my balls in a knot. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they could wobble to and fro. <laughs> There's another one for the OnlyFans. Mike. Yeah, my only fan. Mike, motherfucking fantastic. He's going to tie his balls in a bow. <laughs> he told me today. <laughs> it's hard telling. He told oh me some God. stuff, too. Hold on. Hold on. i got to find it real quick. Hold on. He told me this shit today. Let me see. Oh, I hope it's not what me and him were talking about, because I don't think we can say that on the air. No, it wasn't. It was something I posted on on the interwebs. The webs of inner. Oh, I posted this thing. I said, just because you don't see the beast doesn't mean there isn't a beast. Don't mess with the people. Don't mess with people's kindness. They have tamed their beast. And Mike, being him, he goes, I'll tame your beast. <laughs> tame the beast. I was like, I bet you would. Yeah, he's a beast tamer from way back. Yeah. So... Do Your Ears Sing Low is one of the first funny songs that we were probably exposed to. There are others. I mean, uh, you know, going on your vein of thought, uh, Chuck Berry's My Dingling was yeah. a comedy song that was played that, you know, kind of innocent but very dirty sounding, you know. Cause I want you to play with my dingling. But it was about silver bells hanging on a string that he was told was his dingling. Oh, that makes more sense. That's right in the song. Silver bells hanging on a string. She told me it was my ding-a-ling-a-ling. Well, so songs like that we found to be funny when we were kids. I, I did, at least. I did, yeah. Um, you also remember, uh, like... Uh, That's up there with chocolate salty balls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Put them in your mouth and suck them. Uh, the South Park. <laughs> uh do you remember, like, uh, the song Fish Heads? Yeah. By Barnes and Barnes. Fish heads, fish heads, really poly fish heads. Okay. Um, what about uh, They're Coming to Take Me Away by Napoleon? They're Coming to Take Me Away. Ha ha. <laughs> they're Coming to Take Me Away. Ho ho. <laughs> yeah. So those are the kinds of things that we found funny. Dude, I found that online and I sent it to my dad. Yeah. And it was a loop of 12 hours. Holy shit. That would drive you nuts. He's like, you're a dick. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> so, there was this, uh, oh, I, I can, okay, i, I tell you a little story. One, well, I have an uncle that he lives about an hour, hour and a half away. And we used to go down there. You have to an uncle? I, I have several. Um, but we used to go down there to visit. And, of course, as family visits usually go, you know, you talk, you have dinner, you talk, you hang out. And sometimes you hang out until, like, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, and then you go home. So you're like, all right, you guys need to get the fuck out of here. And I'm the, tired of seeing you. The Midwestern way of doing it is you slap your hands on your knees and go, well, about that time. And then you make your way to the door while saying goodbye, while... Maybe finishing a story or whatever. And that takes about an hour. Oh, yeah. Always. Um, or, you know, in the case of if you're with your significant other, like my dad sometimes would look at my mom and say, well, what do you think? Wanting her to say, it's time to go. Yeah. My mom wasn't that outspoken. So she'd just kind of go, I don't know. And then you would sit and talk some more. Then my dad would do the, well. It's about that time. About that time. And that was a signal that you had about an hour, hour and a half left of the visit 
And then, you know, when he stood up, that means you were at about the 30-minute mark. Yeah. And you'd start making your way to the door, and everybody would kind of go with you to the door, talking. And, and then you'd stand at the front door for another 30 minutes. Unless they followed you outside to your car. Yeah. And sometimes that would happen. They'd follow you outside to your car, and you'd talk for another 15 or 20 minutes. So it was one of those evenings where probably about 8 o'clock, it was like we had an hour drive ahead of us. We did the, well, about that time, about 8 o'clock. So about 10 o'clock, we're ready to go. I was... <laughs> I was probably, oh, I was probably like seven or eight years old. Yeah. And so driving home, for whatever reason, I don't know if we didn't get a radio station where we were at or if it just weren't in the mood, my dad flipped it over to AM radio. And we found this wonderful show that played all these funny songs. Oh, sweet. It's called The Dr. Demento Show. And... We listened to this, and there was, I mean, some of these songs were just hilarious as we're driving, listening. And when I got home, and I wish I still had this. I might somewhere, but I doubt it. Um, when we got home, I threw a cassette tape into my radio, my stereo that I had in my room, and recorded, like, all night this Dr. Demento show, because it was on for hours. This is how we had to do mixtapes back in the day. Yeah, you just threw it in and recorded the radio. Yep. And so I just put it in, let it record all night. I fell asleep listening to that. And then the next day I get up and I put this tape in and listen to the Dr. Demento show. And I mean, there were so many hilarious songs that you never got to hear because he played some weird shit. Uh, you know, there was, uh, oh, you know, the, the typical, like we already talked about, the Napoleon was on there. They're coming to take me away. Fish heads would, would always play on there. And then just these people that were like recording shit in their basement. Yeah. And it was funny. They put it on. Well, Dr. Demento, he would play all these novelty and just weird songs. Sometimes just weird noises, you know, like fart noises and stuff. Um, sometimes he would play more popular, like The Streak by Ray Stevens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, they call it The Streak. So that was my introduction to a lot of these parody songs or, or, or funny songs. Uh, Spike Jones was a parody artist. Um, there was a song called "The Wildwood Flower" about some about smoking weed. Oh no shit! But they they hit, it was like you know they had the wildwood flower and the the one lady uh, his his girlfriend smoked it and she climbed up a windmill and sat up there naked, naked as a jaybird. I don't know anybody that climbed up a fucking windmill after they got done smoking. I don't either, but... Um, you know what? Puff the Magic Dragon was about smoking weed, too. Yeah, and that that was kind of a parody song-ish. It was kind of a... Kind yeah. of, it wasn't, but it was weird. My grandpa used to sing that song to me. He played on piano. Yeah, I love that. It's a great song. Kind of a sad song, because, you know, he grew up and... Um, lost his imagination. Lost his imagination. Kind of like our last episode. Yeah, exactly. That's a good tie-in. That's, that's called a callback right that there. That's a callback. So, Dr. Demento... Gave birth to like this this comedy record thing, and he had his Doctor Demento radio show like in the seventies and eighties, and he inspired someone. He uh, he inspired someone, and he he kind of gave birth to this gentleman that we'd like to talk about today. Yes, yeah, Doctor Demento was still active on the radio. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure he's, he's, you know, the show's still around. I don't know if he's, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. I'll be damned, he is. He's 81 years old and he he's lives in, a, he, he's from Minneapolis. It's on, he does an online show now. 
as everyone does. Um, but he, he inspired this gentleman we would talk about today because we both love this guy. Yes, we do. Universally loved. Weird Al. And, I mean, we have both attended Weird Al shows. We went to one together, actually. Yeah, we did. Just kind of talk about the experience of a Weird Al show. Is that the one where Jamie went with us? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Talk about the experience of a Weird Al show. It is like a live cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Very good uh, description. It's like it's like watching the Looney Tunes cartoon in that live action. That yeah, that's a very good description. The I've seen him two or three times, and the times I've seen him. He has done his parody songs and a costume change in between each song. Yep. He, he changes he changes clothes faster than I've seen, like, runway models change. Yes. You've seen runway models change your clothes? No. <laughs> no. I didn't know. I wasn't there. No. So, but like, or like, like, say, like, Lady Gaga or somebody changing their outfit on, st- you know, between songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, a very... Uh, very much a theater performance. Very when, so when much. Weird Al. Very, very much so. I said very so much. Very but so very much. much so. Yes. So to know Weird Al, I mean, we should just maybe do a deep dive into his his life and career. Yeah. Uh, well, Alfred Matthew Yankovic was born October twenty third, nineteen fifty nine. Uh, he uh, he was born in Downey, California, and he was an only child, which explains a little bit of the weirdness. Yes, it does. I'm an only child. Yeah, that explains a lot. So we have that in common. I the only child of Mary Elizabeth and Nick Yankovic. He was raised in Linwood, California. Now his father was from Kansas City. He was uh, of Serbian descent. And he was a medic in World War II. He believed that the key to success was do for a living whatever makes you happy. And And I was stuck with that. He constantly reminded his son of this philosophy. His mother was a stenographer, which that is a stenographer would write in shorthand. She's the one that they're the ones that sit in the courtroom. Yes. So they would write in shorthand so they could write very quickly. And then they would transcribe that into longhand so that other people could read what they have written. Uh, She was of English and Italian descent. And she lived in Kentucky and then moved to California a decade before Weird Al was born. Oh, nice. So what what, uh, instrument would you most closely associate with Weird Al? Oh, the banjo. No, he did not play a banjo. The, the um, saxophone. That's Kenny G. They have the same kind of hair. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, the harpsichord. No, that's Lurch off of the Adams Family. Okay. I'm going to get it. The Who had a song about it. Um, Mama played a squeeze box. She wore on her chest. Oh, oh, bagpipes. Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh. She played all night. 
The music's alright. Mama's got a squeeze box. Daddy never sleeps at night. Cause she goes in <laughs> and out. I can't think of it in now. And out, <laughs> in and out. Accordion. Accordion. He played the accordion. Now, did you know that he had his first accordion lesson the day before his seventh birthday? No shit. A door-to-door salesman came through their neighborhood and offered his parents a choice of either accordion or guitar lessons at a local music school. And his parents chose the accordion over the guitar because they wanted to have one more accordion-playing Yankovic in the world. Because there's a very famous polka musician named Frankie Yankovic. No relation. Absolutely no relation. They also said that they chose the accordion because they were convinced it would revolutionize rock. It did. Now, it really did. Weirdo's mom did not let him go outside very often. So instead, he immersed himself in his accordion practice in the house, which I'm sure was fucking delightful. Oh, I guarantee it. Um, my grandpa played accordion, actually. Oh, no shit. I, I never saw him play. But my dad was actually just talking about this the other day. Um, my dad, my dad, and I went and saw uh, Alice Cooper the other day. He did uh, about a week or so ago. Alice Cooper plays the accordion. I no, Alice Cooper actually played harmonica. Yeah, and I did not know he played harmonica. No shit. Yeah, but he got up and played harmonica during a blues song that they did, and it was fucking amazing. But my dad talked about you know my grandpa, my great grandpa, played accordion, and uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. It's just weird that that popped into my head right now. It comes full circle right there. Yeah, that's the full circle. So, um, he, he actually took three years of accordion and then he decided that they had taught him all that they could teach him and he started his own studies. So in the seventies, Weird Al was a huge fan of Elton John's music. And he says that the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album was partly responsible for how he learned how to play rock and roll on the accordion. No shit. And he listened to uh, comedy and parody music as well. Uh, people like Spike Jones, like we mentioned. Alan Sherman, who played uh, Hello Mudda, Hello Father. Yep. Um, Shel Silverstein. Hello Mudda. Hello Father. Now, Shel Silverstein, we would know more for his books. Where the Sidewalk Ends. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Giving Tree and uh, Light, Light in the Attic. Yeah. But he was... Uh, he was also a uh, musician. He wrote uh, for Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show. I, I, I know that for a fact. Um, let me let me see real quick who all he wrote for. Because, they, I mean, a lot of these songs are like, oh, really? And it's a lot of weird kind of parody type songs. Um, he wrote uh, Freaking at the Freaker's Ball. He wrote Cover of the Rolling Stone and Sylvia's Mother. For Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show, nice. Um, of course, probably cover of the Rolling Stone is the most popular of those. Um, he wrote songs for Marianne Faithful. He or, you know, that were, were performed by Marianne Faithful, but probably the the most uh, popular of the songs that he ever wrote was a boy named Sue for Johnny Cash. Yep, and that was probably the biggest hit that. Shell ever, ever really did. He he uh, he wrote the the unicorn, the old Irish. Oh no shit! What you think of an old Irish song? Yeah. No, he 
He wrote it in 1962, but the Irish Rovers made it popular. Uh, he and he wrote a song called "Fuck 'Em." <laughs> so that's cool. We have a song called "I Got Stoned and Missed It." Yes, yes, that's Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show. One of my favorite songs by I, I love that band. If you've never listened to them, they're they're great. Um, but you know they have kind of a goofy. My name's Sue. Yeah. How are you? Now you now gonna, gonna die. die. That's what I said. So, he was influenced by these, and Frank Zappa, who I love Frank Zappa as well, he found them through... His kids are fucking hilarious. Oh, they are. They're great. Uh, but he found these this music through the Dr. Demento show. Well, then, Dr. Demento came and spoke at his school. And uh, in, in uh, when was it? 1976. Dr. Demento spoke at Weird Al School, and he was 16 years old. He presented a tape to Dr. Demento of original and parody songs that he had performed on the accordion. He had recorded them on a little tape recorder in his bedroom. And the first song that Dr. Demento ever heard of Weird Al's was called Belvedere Cruising. And it was about the family's Plymouth Belvedere car. Oh, sweet. So, Dr. Demento went and played it on his radio show, and it launched the career of Weird Al. Dr. Demento said that Belvedere Cruising was not the best song he'd ever heard, but it had some clever lines, so he wanted it on the air immediately. Now, Weird Al also would bounce around to things like open mic nights. Yep. And play, like, coffee shops and little clubs with uh, one of his classmates on bongos. And he said people would be getting up on stage with their acoustic guitar, trying to be... All serious. Like a folksy type thing. And here he'd jump up there and play the theme from 2001 Space Odyssey on accordion. Yeah. Accompanied by bongos. And people would get severely fucking pissed off because they're just wanting to hang out and have a mellow night. And he's fucking... And he's up there with an accordion. Yeah. Just being goofy. So, uh, he actually was going to school at, uh, California, California Polytech, the state university. He's going to be an architect. Was going to be an architect, but he also took a job as a disc jockey at the university's radio station. I'd love to hear those. And they, uh, they had called him Weird Al. It was like a, a kind of a derogatory nickname for him. Yeah. Because everybody thought he was weird, he was an outcast, and initially he was insulted by it, but then he decided to make that his station on-air persona, and decided to start recording under that name, and just started making goofy songs about shit that was around him. Well, 1979, My Sharona by The Knack was on the... Billboard charts. Oh my god, dude. This is one of my favorite Weird Al songs. So Weird Al took his accordion into the restroom across the hall in the radio station and recorded a song titled My Bologna. Sent it to Dr. Demento. He played it, got (laughs) rave reviews, and uh, went and met the knack. (laughs) He introduced himself as the author of My Bologna, and the lead singer 
said he actually liked the song and uh, decided that he would take it to his record company. Oh, shit. Capitol Records and played it for them and they recorded it as a single with a song called School Cafeteria as the B-side. And he got a, actually got a, a six-month recording contract out of that. So he figured he wasn't doing very well in school. Might as well try this music thing. So by 1980, he was invited to be a guest on the Dr. Demento show where he was going to record his new song live. I've seen this air. I've seen this video. That song was called Another One Rides the Bus. It's a parody of uh, the Queen hit, Another One Bites the Dust. Yes. So he was practicing and another one on another one on another one rides the bus. Hey, hey. Doom. Doom, doom. You know who used uh, Another One Bites the Dust as a theme song? Who? Junkyard Dog. He did. And he sure. would, yeah, he would do his little dance. Yep. That was one of his first songs that he, he used. Um, he was practicing that song outside of the sound booth, and he met a guy named John Bermuda Schwartz, who said he was a drummer and wouldn't mind uh, being on the, the uh, record. So he came in during that live recording and pounded out the beat on... Weird Al's accordion case. Nice. They rehearsed the song a couple times, and Another One Rides a Bus became so popular that Weird Al got a television performance out of it. He was on The Tomorrow Show with Tom Schneider, April 21st, 1981. Weird Al played the accordion, and Bermuda Schwartz banged on the accordion case and provided sound effects. Oh my God, that's amazing. So the record label that had signed him TK Records went bankrupt two weeks after the single was released, so he never got any royalties off of that song. Oh, wow. Well, he's not hurting for money, so it's okay. Well, at this point, he probably was. Yeah. Uh, 1981 was his next big uh, step. Dr. Demento had a stage show, and he put Weird Al on the tour. He uh, was the the first club owner was blown away by Weird Al's music, so he asked him if he'd ever consider creating a band and doing music as a career. And Weird Al said, "Yeah, he he did." So this um, this club owner. club owner actually helped him find his band. Uh, Steve J as the bass player, Jim West as a guitar player, Schwartz Bermuda Schwartz as the drummer. And they became the Weird Al Band. They got an opening gig for an act called Missing Persons. So, I have no idea who those guys are. Oh. And apparently they're still around. Yeah. So they're not missing. No. <laughs> they're, we know where they're at. Now, as this progressed, he started in on the parodies again. I Love Rocky Road. Which is a great song. A parody of I Love Rock and Roll. Uh, Rick Derringer actually produced that record. Rick Derringer also wrote the theme song for Hulk Hogan. Oh, no shit. Real American. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would have said Bonanza. uh, No, he did not write that. Not that I know of. So, uh, other songs that were released early in his career. A song called Ricky which is a parody of Mickey. Mickey, 
Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. But hey, it, Lucy. Yes, it was it was Ricky Ricardo. I uh, he actually made a video that got a lot of play on the just blossoming MTV. It broke the top 100 video of all time. And you know, Weird Al at that point said, "That's the sign right there." Yep. He quit his job as a mailroom clerk. And went on to pursue his musical career. He released another album, a second album, called Weird Al Yankovic in 3D. First single off of that? Eat It. Eat It. A parody of Michael Jackson's Beat It. Just eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. (laughs) Wow. Now, Eat It is the first song that I ever heard of Weird Al. I think I Love Rocky Road was the first one I ever heard. My dad thought, okay, I had, like, for, I don't remember if it was for Christmas or a birthday, I got a set of, you know, those giant industrial um, earmuff sound protect, you know, ear protectors oh, that yeah. they were? I got a set of those, but they played the radio in them. Oh, nice. Had a little radio, had a little transistor radio that was, that was built in. Uh, I got that for a gift, Christmas or a birthday or something. And I wore these things everywhere. I would take them to school and wear them at recess. I loved it. They're big, big, these big red earmuffs. But that's what you had back in the day. Yeah, you didn't have these little earbuds. You had gigantic, like well, the, the bigger, the big, the big coming back. They're yeah, like the, the they, but they didn't look as cool as like the no, ours Beats were by big. Gray. Ours were big and bulky. They looked like construction earmuffs that you would use if you're like drilling, drilling, or running a jackhammer. Yeah, running a large piece of equipment. Um, but the, this, these would play music in both ears. Uh, I had those. And my dad heard Eat It, thought it was hilarious, and the line that he thought was the funniest was, um, well, he the two lines that stuck out to my dad, and he just would laugh his ass off, and he didn't normally think this kind of shit was funny. Yeah. Uh, one was, um, have a banana, have a whole bunch, it doesn't matter what you have for lunch, just eat it, and uh, uh, just grab an egg and beat it. Oh my God. He yes. loved those two lines, it, but he thought this shit was hilarious. Have a banana, have a whole bunch. It doesn't matter what you had for lunch, just eat it. Funny shit. Okay, so this, along with Dr. Demento, like really, and this was probably about the same time that I heard the Dr. Demento show on that trip. Yeah. Because that song was on it. I So we just, I mean, I kind of fell in love with these goofy-ass songs. And it's still to this day kind of carries on. Oh, yeah. They made a music video. To eat it. It was a shot-for-shot reproduction of the Beat It video, including going to the same location. Yep. And I believe even using some of the same actors. I think so. And, and they, But the choreography was the same. The Everything, it just involved food. And... They, they had the rubber chicken instead of the rope. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and that video is iconic. If you know, if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's it's funnier than shit. So that, along with his costuming that he did and all that, he had it down. He was a consummate parody artist, even down to getting the visuals and the costumes and the mannerisms and everything of Michael Jackson. Yep. It has been said that Michael Jackson was a huge fan. Oh, yeah. Because he let him do 
whatever he wanted. So that video parlayed into Weird Al getting specials on MTV called Al TV. And the first one aired April 1st, 1984. They needed a program. They had a, a spot that they needed to fill. And it was April Fool's Day. So they popped it in there and every now and again he'd pop up and do an Al TV. Now, he was just taking over the channel. Oh yeah, he, he took it over and he'd play all of his goofy shit. Eat It was, throughout most of his career, that was his highest charting single ever. It made it to number 12 on the Billboard charts. Oh wow. That, that's insane. Um, and we'll talk about the other one that knocked it off later because it came later in his career. So, the 80s were like the, the, the years of Weird Al. The, oh, yeah. He was, he was all over the place. He made a mockumentary of his life called The Complete Al. And it was supposed to be a parody of The Complete Beatles. Uh, he would intertwine f- true facts about his life with complete bullshit. Bullshit. And uh, sometimes he would throw in clips the, of a trip to Japan that he took. And he made a book at the same time. It was a scrapbook of real and bullshit photographs. Oh, my God. That's amazing. In the 80s, he was the opening act for the Monkees. Yeah. This, I mean, th- this guy, he was on track to be an architect. But he, he was born to be a performer. Oh, yeah. He, and not only born to be a performer, but he was born to blaze his own path. Yeah. Because up until this point... You didn't hear these songs on the radio unless you were listening to Dr. Demento. He crossed over into mainstream with, I mean, like you would hear Chuck Berry, of course. Yep. You would hear, uh, but that was one novelty song that they did in a great successful career. And a lot of times they would be mocked for that one song they did. He took that song that would be mocked and made it his whole career. Yep. And was extremely successful. So... Uh, he, he he loved he loved opening for the monkeys. Um, Only downfall as a promoter gypped him out of a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, it was. They got screwed on money, uh, so they uh, as it as it continued, he got jo- you know other little jobs because of his popularity. He narrated a recording of Peter and the Wolf. Uh, he just kept climbing and climbing and climbing until he did something that we will talk about in our second half. Dun, dun, dun. He made a movie. <gasps> we'll talk about it later, but we will keep talking about his musical career. So, the 80s were winding down. In 89, he made this, this film... Uh, with an accompanying soundtrack. But the 90s happened. And in the 90s, there was a, a shift in music. Big shift. Rock and roll effectively kind of died. And grunge took over. So rock and roll was still around, but grunge just blew it out of the water. So, um... Weird Al kind of, uh 
parlayed that into Off the Deep End, which is a parody of Nirvana's Nevermind. The Nirvana Nevermind, including the cover of it. You know, the cover of, of Nevermind had the baby swimming after the dollar bill. Yep. Weird Al was swimming after a donut on a hook, yeah. on a fish hook. <laughs> he, uh, he, was, he, he parodied different um, songs. The one song that he did not get to parody of Michael Jackson's was Black or White. He, wanted, he had written a parody called Snack All Night. Michael Jackson denied him because he said Black or White had a very strong message that he truly believed in. Yeah. And he did not want that message to be undermined by having a parody written. So he got kind of bummed out by it and didn't have a lead parody for this album until... Smells Like Teen Spirit became a hit. I think he heard the song and he came up with the song right away. Immediately, he wrote Smells Like Nirvana. And Cobain was very open to it because he said, Weird Al wants to parody our music. We have made it. Yep. So Smells Like Nirvana is a song about how you cannot understand what the fuck Nirvana is saying in that Mm-hmm. And that song, which you can't. That lifted Weird Al's mood, and he started making more music again. He made Alapalooza, which was a Jurassic Park spoof. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did skip over. Um, they didn't. They didn't mention it, but Weird Al's song "Fat." Oh yeah, yeah. That was on the even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. How could I forget that? I had that. I think I still have that cassette tape. I uh, again a, a Michael Jackson parody of bad scene for bad. scene almost. yes and in the concert he actually has a suit that he could be dancing around in his little leather suit yeah. and he pulls a ripcord and the air bladder goes off and he grows yeah that's right and you know he, he grows in size he's like ding dong man yo ding dong ding yeah. dong yo no, I'm okay man what's wrong with you you want a diet or something now sprinkled in with all these parodies. He actually does have original music. He does. And one song that I love off of that album is called Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White. Oh my God, I love that song. That's a great song. It's so stupid, it's amazing. Yes, it's a dream that he is stuck in a closet with Vanna White. And... I, he's even he's even done Madonna songs. Oh yeah, he he did like a surgeon. Yeah. Um, and the, the stage show for that's great because he's in a surgeon costume, rolling around like she did on the MTV Video Awards. Yep. Everything he does is a parody of not only the song but also the artist. Brilliant. I mean, I think it's yeah absolutely brilliant. He had another song called uh, uh, "One More Minute with You." Yep. Where he he. Is talking about how he could not spend one more minute with this girl, and he would rather tear his guts out with a rusty fork, and oh my God. than spend one more minute with her. But it's a love song. It's funnier than shit. He also did a parody on that album of George Harrison's um, "Got My Mind Set on You." It's called you know, "I Got My Mind Set yep. on You." It's this song is just five words long. Oh, yeah. This song is just five words long. And the parody of the video is exactly the George Harrison. It, uh, the guy's a fucking genius. Uh, 
rolling right through his uh, his career here. He had the Bad Hair Day. Bad Hair Day album. Yep. The lead single off of that. White and Nerdy. No. What? Oh, shit. I'm on the wrong Amish side. Paradise. Amish Paradise. Which he got in a lot of trouble for. Well, not in a lot of trouble. He got a... He got a stern talking to. Yes. By Coolio. Yes. Um, but Coolio obviously signed off on it. No, they. he did the song without their permission because they wouldn't sign off on it. Oh. And when he did it, they threw a fit about it. Okay. But it worked out okay for everybody involved. Yeah, I think. I think I think they ended up. I think they ended up saying, "Okay, yeah, this is a good song. You did a good job. You're not really mocking anything we had in the song." No, he's mocking the Amish. The Amish, <laughs> which I, that that is, I love that song. I actually have that T-shirt. Oh, do you? Yeah, I have that T-shirt at home. I. Uh, so. He progressed. Oh, that's because he had Coolio's hair. Yes. Yeah, that's And right. that, that's what they thought he was making fun of Coolio. Yeah. Um, he progressed into the late 90s. Uh, got LASIK eye surgery. Yeah, he doesn't wear glasses so anymore. So he does not wear glasses. And he grew his hair long and shaved off his mustache that he had been known for. His iconic mustache. Uh, he, had, he had previously shaved it off in 83 for the Ricky video. And... Uh, he kind of thought, well, I'm going to go for that uh, reinvention. He said, Madonna's allowed to reinvent herself every 15 minutes. So <laughs> I can change my look every 20 years or so. And he parodied his new look in a parody commercial that he made for MTV, saying he was going to appear on MTV Unplugged. He obviously was not <laughs> invited no. to be on the show. Um, so... He also at this time uh, was in a Hanson video. Mbop. He was in. He was in Mbop. He was not in Mbop, but Hanson Mbop. Yeah. He was in a video for the song called River, and he said that his new look was uh, getting back to the core of what he's all about, and that is the music. He made uh, Running with Scissors. Running with Scissors is. Hilarious, and I believe that is the one that contains the song, which is one of my favorites, Albuquerque. Yep. Which is a very long song. But it tells a story about him going to Albuquerque. <laughs> Just the driving to Albuquerque. Yes, but it he gets horribly off track, which... Kind of like us. We know nothing about that. I uh, made a song called, or made an album called Poodle Hat. Which I believe parodies. Uh, what the hell? Who? The, what the hell was the song off of that? It was met with average reviews without any outstanding singles or standout singles. Uh, he spoofs "Hot in Here" by Nelly, "Complicated" by Avril Lavigne, and "Piano Man" by Billy Joel. Um, yeah, there's there's no real. Uh, oh, he he wanted. He parodied an Eminem song on this. Eminem songs are parodies already. It's a parody of Lose Yourself by Eminem called Couch Potato. I've heard this song. And he just talks about his obsession with watching TV, references many TV shows, and the TV guides. Um, And it had a little controversy. Because he wanted to shoot a video for 
couch potato, but Eminem denied him permission. And uh, Eminem, he's not a fan. No, he he denied him permission. So Eminem was worried that a parody of the video might detract from his legacy and take him less seriously as a hip hop artist. So it kind of bummed Weird Al out because they, what they had planned was going to be the greatest video he'd ever done. Oh, no shit. And it was going to spoof the most famous scenes from Eminem's videos. So what he did instead? He made an animated video. Well, he staged a mock interview with Eminem where he used real footage from an Eminem video on MTV News. And he asked his own questions and uh, plugged in actual Eminem footage. Oh my God, that's amazing. Now, you would think that Eminem would be pissed off about it, but he said he took it in good fun. He said he did a fake, this was in his book, he said, he said, Weird Al got, got me. He did a fake video with, with me as a fake interview, spliced with, uh, spliced with clips from my old interviews and put it up on the internet. <laughs> He's a very funny motherfucker. <laughs> and then he said, when something like that happens, you just have to sit back and say, well, he got me. It's something where you pick your battles and you learn to be a good sport about a lot of stuff. Yep. If you want to dish it out, you got to be able to take it. Which, that's good. Perhaps Weird Al taught Eminem a lesson in... Taking a joke. Yeah. Which is good. Um, then later, a Straight Out of Linwood came about. That is the one where uh, White and Nerdy yep. was on. Um, he wanted to parody Lady Gaga, and he had written a parody to Born This Way called Perform This Way, which we was not given permission to release it. So he went ahead and released the song for free. Oh, nice. And then Lady Gaga's manager said that he had denied the parody on his own accord without consulting Lady Gaga. Lady, she's got to be a fan. So she granted permission. And all of the proceeds from the parody of his music video was donated to the Human Rights Campaign to support the human rights themes of the original song. Oh, that's cool. And then he also got to be a judge on the 10th Annual Independent Music Award Show to support independent artists and their careers. Uh, then he wrote the album that we saw the tour of, yep. Mandatory Fun. Now in here, I think it was on Running With Scissors, he made the, the first Star Wars spoof. Yeah, he did. The Saga um, Continues. The Saga Continues. Which is an American Pie uh, parody. Long, long oh, yeah, time it is. ago. Yeah. Right. He did, also did Yoda, which he, is another parody. Yes. I can't remember the name of the song. Yoda is Lola by the Kinks. That's right. Okay, so when we saw him in concert, and if you remember this, he was singing Yoda. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the you know, Lola, L-O-A-L-A, Lola. This is Y-O-D-A, Yoda. And he was singing that. And then he went out in the audience and he said, okay, everybody on this side. Yoda, Y-O-D-A, Yoda. And he goes, everybody on this side. And so the other side got to do it. And he goes, just this guy right here. (laughs) And he shoved the microphone in this poor fucker's face. And the guy's like, uh, Yoda. And he's like, keep going. And he made him sing the whole thing. (laughs) 
That is some of the funniest shit I've ever <laughs> oh seen my God. in concert. Because the guy was like, what the fuck? Just this guy right here. <laughs> that is my biggest fear about being in the front row of any show. Uh-huh. Is that the lead singer is going to come down and shove the microphone in my face and I do not know the words. So anytime I see them doing that, I back off. Yeah. I, I, or I like turn my head or I just I get away from wherever they're doing it. I, I can know the words. It could be my favorite song. You shove that microphone in my face, I'm going to forget them. And I'm going to stand there like a dumbass. Like, uh, I'll probably start singing Yoda. Yeah. Y-O-D-A-Yoda. Or, you know, I'll just like scream something stupid like, fuck yeah, into the microphone and be like, oh, like, dude, was, this is a ministry show. Yeah, what it are you was, singing Yoda for? It was that guy. <laughs> it, was, it was, oh, he's, he must be the fuck yeah guy. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, uh, Word Crimes, which was uh, uh, a parody of Blurred Lines, which was a popular song there. He also did Polka Face. Yes, he did. Another Lady Gaga cover. Uh, now, they they were... Um, that, that became a number 39 on the top 100 chart. He was the third musical artist after Michael Jackson Madonna to have a top 40 single in each decade since the 80s. Oh, shit. And... They, it's kind of up in the air as to when he's going to release music. Yeah. Because he said it just has to come to me. So he doesn't like plan out, okay, in three years I'm going to have another record out. Or next year I'm putting a record out. He just has to, to do it, you know. And so he's put a few things out. Yeah, like 2018 he put some some tunes out. Uh, he, he parodied the musical Hamilton. He made the Hamilton polka. Oh, fucking awesome. He's done a lot of rap battles on YouTube as historical figures. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the overview of Weird Al's musical career. Um, a few personal notes here. He became a vegetarian in 92. He got his, he got his, his own start in the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2018. Yes, he did. Um, becoming a vegetarian... A uh, his his then girlfriend gave him a copy of a a diet a book a diet for New America, and he said it made a very compelling argument for a strict vegetarian diet. So, then they said, "Well, how can you perform shows at the Great American Rib Cookoff as a vegetarian?" He goes, "Well, I perform at colleges, and I'm not a student." Yeah. So, he tries to be a vegan, but he occasionally cheats. And if there's cheese pizza on the band bus, he will eat a piece. Uh, he got married. He got married um, in, oh, let me see. 2000, they met in 2001. They met in 2001. Uh, she was a marketing executive for 20th Century Fox. And they were uh, introduced in 2001, and they had a daughter in 2003. They live in, they live in Los Angeles in a home that was previously... Owned by Heavy D, the rapper. Oh, shit. Uh, he's a polite, shy, and introverted person. Um, he abstains from using profanity, alcohol, and drugs due to his religious upbringing. And that is one thing. He does not swear or not have any sort of sexual themes in any of his music. His music is wholesome. Family friendly, mm-hmm. just goofy, funny music. Uh, unfortunately, in two thousand four, his parents 
were found dead in their home. They were uh, poisoned by carbon monoxide from their fireplace. Um, and he was on tour when this happened. He was in Wisconsin. He was in Appleton, Wisconsin, and he said, the show must go on. He said, my music has helped many of my fans through tough times, and maybe it'll work for me too, and it'll give me a break from sobbing all the time. And uh, then he, he went on with the tour. He said that it was therapeutic, and it helped him from spiraling into a deep depression. And he could put on a fake smile and pretend like everything was okay for a couple hours. And then, uh, you know, obviously he, he said in an interview that the death of his parents is the worst thing that has ever happened to him. And he said he knew he would have to go through it, but he never thought that it would be so abrupt and at the same time. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of a, a sad uh, little note there, but boy, what a, what a career. He's done voiceovers. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's appeared in a lot of things. He's done voiceovers. He's just kind of done, he's done everything. He's done what he wanted to do. Yeah. His whole career. Um, he sang to Homer Simpson. He did. <laughs> what, so what are, what are some of, I mean, we mentioned a lot of songs. What are some of your personal favorite songs that he's ever done? Some of my personal favorites. Um, well, I'd have to go with Eat It. Yeah. Fat. Yeah. Stuck in a closet with Vanna White because I haven't heard that song in a long time and I'm glad you brought it up. I love that song. Um, say White and Nerdy. Yeah. Yoda. There's another one. Oh, um, I think it's called The Drive Through. You're sitting in a drive through, he's just getting pissed off because he can't understand what they're saying and the cars in front of him are taking Oh, too long. yeah, I remember that. Um, fuck, there's another one. I can't remember what the hell they're called. He's got so many, dude. I mean, everything he does. Okay, so he did, and a lot of people probably don't know this. He did the uh, a parody of the 30 Rock theme, and it actually was played on 30 Rock. Oh, no shit. Um, he did Achy Breaky Song, which is an Achy Breaky Heart parody, which was fucking hilarious um, all the polkas that he played I mean he did a polka version of the Ramones beat on the brat beat on the brat with a baseball bat oh yeah but it's polka. foil I like foil that's funnier than hell um, he played that live like when we saw him yes you did dare to be stupid dare the, to be, that's one of the probably Devo. my top favorite song that's a Devo song yes yeah uh, well it's it's uh what in the hell? He it, it's it's a parody of Devo, but it's been that was on the Transformers soundtrack. soundtrack yeah, uh, just a ton of other soundtracks. So you got Craigslist, which is funny. He did um, headline news, which was a parody Tra- uh, yeah, of yeah, trapped in the drive-through. That's an trapped in the drive-through. Yes. Headline News is a parody of the Crash Test Dummy song. Yeah. Um, he's got a song. It's uh, I'll Sue You. It's a parody of Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I mean, just some of these some of these tunes that he has done. How the hell 
He did a parody of La Bamba, which is la 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 lasagna. Oh yeah, Gump. Gump is a great one. Uh, parody of uh, Lump by the President of the United States of America. The Bedrock Anthem, which is Under the Bridge. Yabba Dabba Doo Now. No, he starts out like Under the Bridge. Uh-huh, and, and then, then it goes into... Um, give it away, give, give it away, give it away, away now. Yeah. So, I mean, he, parodies, the... Uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, yep. Beverly, Beverly. The, Beverly the... Um, the uh, original ones that he've, he's done. He did the theme. We talked about this for Spy Hard, the movie Spy Hard. Yep. Um, he did he did um, Living with a Hernia. Yes. Coming to America. Yeah, li- li- living living in America, America off of Rocky Rocky's, Four. Yeah. It's the same. It's another another one where it's like almost scene for scene. So, just your uh, your memories of Weird Al and all that. What would you say musically? What it, what impression has it made on you, or what is his lasting legacy musically? Musically, oh. he's definitely. I mean, he's a hell of an entertainer. Yeah, and it's something I've liked for damn near forty years. Yeah. Um. I don't think I've heard one bad song by him. How can you define a bad song? Because they're all comedy. Yeah. So I mean, I've got songs that are that I like better than others. Yeah, but if you think, God, this song is ridiculous and stupid, he would probably say thank you. Yeah. Because that's the point. That's the whole point. But I think I think I think he has probably he's inspired he's inspired other musicians. Yeah. Um, because I know a lot of other I've seen a lot of other bands. That do parodies, mm-hmm. and they make it sound really good. Well, and I think that perhaps he he made parody and comedy music commercially acceptable and commercially successful. Like um, one of my favorite one of my favorite bands is Psycho Stick. Okay, they do a what is it? Um, they do a song called I Can Only Count to Four. <laughs> and it's, um, was it, uh, oh, what the hell's the name of that band? I can't even think of the name of the actual song now. Um, Let the Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Oh, Drowning Pool. Yeah. It's a parody of that. Oh, that's great. They do a parody I of, I can um, only count to four. I can only count to four. I can only count to Oh, dude, it's great. Is that how it goes? Yes. Awesome. Um, they do a parody of Social or a System of Downs. I think it's uh, BYOB, and it's a Christmas song. Oh, wow. And it's just like the beginning, he's like, ho, ho, ho. And then it's like, <laughs> these guys are great. They have, uh, they've got, it's not a it's not a song, it's a sandwich. Oh, wow. And they, have the ta- they have the taco song. They do the beard song. <laughs> the beard song. Now, would you say maybe Weird Al... I say they influenced them quite a bit. He, he would you say he influenced um, bands like uh, Tenacious D? Oh yeah, uh, perhaps even which we've we've never heard this, but someone like uh, Green Jello. I can see that. Yeah, because uh, he's or, got a couple parodies. Yeah, song songs he stole. Yeah, Bear went over the mountain. Yeah, um, things like that that he does in his own style. I think that maybe anybody that does 
not necessarily a cover song because cover songs have been around forever. Yeah. But when they do a cover song in a completely different style of their own, not trying to sound like the original at all, I think Weird Al made that acceptable because he made polka versions of everything. He's the godfather of parodies. Yeah, he is. Uh, and at least he made them popular and made them acceptable. Uh, but I think that we still see his influence today in music, or at least you know within the you know the, the musical genres that have come out where they're just fun songs. Yeah, you know, I mean, even songs like we wouldn't normally listen to. If he's done it, I'm like, all right, I want to check out this actual song. I like, want to see what the song was. Yeah, I mean, like with a couple of Lady Gaga songs, I know my wife was listening to her for a while, and so I knew the songs, but like the the song Tacky. Yes. I, oh, Happy? Yeah. Yeah. I never heard the actual song, and then um, uh, Riding Dirty, I never heard that song until uh-huh. I actually was like, okay, what does the original song sound like when he did White and Nerdy? I was like, okay. I still don't know the words, but I know the white and nerdy song, so I'm going to sing that while I listen to this. Yes. I think, and that song Happy kind of puts me in the same mood. It's just, if you're in a bad mood, put on some Weird Al, and you're going to... You're going to be happy. You're going to be happy. It's going to lift your mood. It. We need more Weird Al in this world, because I think... The world's too serious nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody should be required to... Listen to Weird Al once a day. Mm-hmm. Just me on the middle of the day, pop in some Weird Al, listen to a song or two, and fucking smile. And quit, yeah, no shit. Quit taking shit so seriously. And that's what Weird Al does. He lets you just turn your brain off and have fun for several hours. Well, you know, even if you just listen to one or two songs for ten minutes. You can't just listen to one or two Weird Al. No, like, you really it's can't. Like a, it's like opening up some Pringles, dude. Once you pop, you can't stop. Right. And Weird Al... I think that that is the that's that's what's wrong with the world now is they don't listen to enough Weird Al. I I agree. So you know I'm gonna get on TV and tell the world to listen to Weird Al, and well, we'll stop all wars and everything. You get to work on that. Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna write a letter first. I'll start writing your letter now, because we're gonna take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about Weird Al's. TV show and Weird Al's big hit blockbuster movie. Which is way better than anything Hulk Hogan ever did. Oh, yeah. And we're not going to talk about it for four fucking hours. No. But we're going to take a break right now. And uh, we'll be right back after this. You got to pee again? No, I got to wake up Trev. Okay. Well, you go wake him up and we'll be back. Trev, get up! Think I did it? No. Damn it. Okay. We'll be back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Nobody thought this was a good idea, but he's back. Weird Al Yankovic, without the props, costumes, and video screens, performing a bunch of obscure songs you barely remember. If you were able to avoid it the first time, here's your chance to avoid it all over again. Weird Al Yankovic, the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. With special guest Emo Phillips. Coming to a city near you. Tickets are on sale now. Buddy, where's the spatula? Okay, kids, let's go. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. 
Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenbloom, president of Spatula City. I like their spatula so much, I bought the company. Spatula City, seven locations. We're in the yellow pages under spatulas. My, where did you get that lovely spatula? Spatula City, we sell spatulas. Hi, do you have heliquads? Heliquads? Follow me. Toyland, Toyland, ideas for girls and boys, and even Cousin Bob, who's 43 and lives at home. Such a joyland, they'll be inspired, it's so grand. This is where you always start when you're wanting to give smart. Wow. Do you guys have batteries? Batteries? Gift smart with up to 50% off speakers, headphones, and toys at Radio Shack. Safety is everyone's business. We can all stay out of harm's way just by following a few simple rules. When you're out in public, always check to make sure no spies are following you. If you find a spider on your shirt, roll. Roll on the ground. Spiders are icky. And if you lose a pants leg, call home right away so your friends won't beat you up for looking like a dork. Don't let your parents drive backwards in the rain. It's just not safe. If Dad needs to take a nap, tell him to do it in a bed. That's what they're made for. And never, ever let your dog drive the car. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having an imaginary friend. In fact, I still have an imaginary friend. I call him Gilbert. That's my name. That's my name. Why wouldn't you call me Gilbert? That's my name. My name's Gilbert. And even though Gilbert is imaginary, he's always there if I need someone to talk to or a shoulder to cry on. I told you a thousand times, I'm not imaginary. I'm real. You see me? I'm real. Look, you want identification? Here, here, anything you want. You want a driver's license? You want ID? You want a birth certificate? Hey, maybe we could say hello to Gilbert right now. Oh, Gilbert. I'm here! I'm right here! I'm right in front of you! <laughs> if you could only hear what he's saying to me right now. He's such a joker. Okay, that's it. I'm out of here, because you're a nutcase! Listen, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. I do. Channel 62 has the lowest ratings in the history of television. What they need is a new station manager. No, not him. Forget it. No way. A man of action. Ah! A man of courage. A man of vision. What's your name? Billy. Billy what? What they get is a man so desperate, he'll put anyone on the air. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George? How would you like your own TV show? Okay. You get the drink from the fire hose! Okay, you ready? 
the librarian. Today we're teaching poodles how to fly. We beat out the networks. George Newman, he starts where the others stop. We're the number one station in town. Ah! Orion Pictures presents Weird Al Yankovic in UHF, the movie. And we are back. So it was a nice little talk about Weird Al. Yeah, where did we go? Uh, we took a break. Oh, you oh. went and woke Trevor up. I went to pee. That's right. Um, had a drink of my sweet tea and got a fresh dip in. Did you, you just call me sweetie? No, sweet tea. Oh. I thought you were calling me sweetie. No. I'm, now I'm disappointed. I wouldn't do that on the air. I wouldn't, sweetie. So I might. <laughs> um, so... We, we talk extensively about Weird Al's musical career, which is what he is probably most known for. But it's not all he's ever done. Uh, we did speak a little bit about like his MTV specials he did. Yeah. Uh, he did Al TV on MTV, and he did Al Music on Much Music, which Much Music is a Canadian version of MTV. Is it still around? I think it, you know, I, I think know. they turned that to MTV too. They might have. But he so he did he did those that was like his live TV thing. Um and what he would do on Al TV a lot of times he would take a an interview of, you know, whomever. We just watched Paul McCartney. Yeah, we just watched Paul McCartney one during the break. It was fucking great. He would take like that existing interview, cut it up and then ask questions and use their actual response for comedic value or just to make things very awkward. And those things are hilarious. So VH1 produced a behind the music uh, segment for him. Yeah. But they kind of bullshitted their way through it. They, they took like his commercial failures... And they trump them up to sound like these great, like, impactful things in his career. Yeah. And they uh, they went in and they they made a bigger feud out of the Coolio thing. Oh, yeah. They made a huge thing out of that. Um, they said that he had a, a, a lack of a love life. But he had gotten married. They kind of ignored that. <laughs> that yeah. He was dating anyone. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of want to watch the behind the music special now because they just they, they really made made shit up, which is usually what they end up doing anyway. It, it kind of fits though. Yeah, it really. It's a parody of his parody. It's a parody of his life. Yeah. Uh, he he also appeared on the uh, the primetime Emmy Awards, and. Made par- parodies of uh, Emmy-nominated shows such as Mad Men and Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. Now, something that we kind of touched on, but I, I found some information here. We, we talked about how he was on The Simpsons and did some parody work on there. Uh, he had a cameo on that 90s show. Which was a terrible, terrible show. It was. Um 
he was on Robot Chicken quite a bit. Uh, he uh, he was on a Cartoon Network show on Adult Swim called The Grim Adventures of Bill and Mandy. Oh, um, yeah, I, I love that show. He plays a character called Squid Hat. Yep. He was also, and I'm not sorry I know this, but he was also on My Little Pony. Okay. He played, his name was Cheese Sandwich. And he was basically playing himself. Cheese Sandwich? Yes, and he had a rubber chicken that rode on his back. Right here it is, yes. He, uh, <laughs> Cheese Sandwich is a rival party planner to Pinkie Pie. Yep. Uh, here's one, I'm surprised you don't know this. Uh, you, maybe you do know this. He had a guest appearance playing a character called Rekgar, a waste collection vehicle, in Transformers, the animated cartoon series. Oh, yeah, he was Rekgar. Rekgar, yeah. 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 He was um, one of the Junkions, and that's... they. He was the voice on the movie, I believe, and that's that when they played Dare to be Stupid. Yes. That was that whole scene. Yes. Um... Then he was on the like you know, the Tim and Eric Awesome Show, uh, so he you know, he's popped up. Oh, he was in Yo Gabba Gabba. I've never seen that. It's a kids show. Probably. Um, he appeared as himself in the uh, Batman: The Brave and the Bold. I've never seen that. I have not either. He was uh, featured in Thirty Rock, as we said. Then My Little Pony. He was also in Teen Titans Go. He was. Darkseed. Oh, he was Darkseid. Darkseid. Okay. Yeah. And also in Bojack Horseman as Mr. Peanut Butter's brother, Captain Peanut Butter. Then he did some, some work for uh, Disney. Milo Murphy's Law. Milo Murphy's Law? Yeah, it's, uh, it's on Disney XD. So, yeah. Um... Then he's done a bunch of stuff online. But what we want to... Well, we could also talk about this. He, he, he has a successful directing career as well. Uh, there was a... Uh, he did a video for this song that he did called Christmas at Ground Zero. And uh, he directed that. He directed videos for... Um, I know he directed a video for Hanson. I believe he did... Uh, Black Crows, he did a Black Crows video, a Ben Folds video, a Jeff Foxworthy video, and Presidents of the United States of America. He, he actually did, produced theirs? Uh, videos. Oh, yes. shit. Yeah, he directed them. He directed these videos. So, the, I mean, the guy's, uh, the guy's pretty multi-talented. Yeah. Appeared on Wheel of Fortune Celebrity Week. I did look it up. He was only a car on the animated series. Oh, Okay. But he did the he did the Dare to Be Stupid soundtrack. He joined the band Hanson playing tambourine in the music video Thinking About Something. Thinking about something. I don't know that song. Thinking about something. Something, something, something. Thinking about something. Nope, sorry, it was just the gas. He was Banana Man in Adventure Time. And he was in How I Met Your Mother. Appeared in uh, the High Fructose Adventures of Annoying Orange. Alongside of Alice Cooper, Maria Menudos, and Brett Michaels from Poison. God. I've never seen that show. I right, take it back. My kids used to watch it, and I would turn it off. <laughs> uh, appeared in the video for Weezer's cover of Africa, which is a great song. 
No shit. Yes. Wasn't he part of the uh, We Are the World? I don't know. I think he was part of that. It'd be great if he was. I'm going to look it up. You look that up, and we'll tootle along to uh, another little thing that he did. As you're looking, he did a series that was on Saturday mornings on CBS for one season called The Weird Al Show. And this show is bizarre. He he was what he was aiming for was a kind of an adjacent show to Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yep. And they had to they had to make it somewhat educational and informative. And uh, he didn't quite get that. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't quite hit it because they said that um, he was not part of We Are the World. Oh, he was not. No. Okay. Well, there was. He should have been. Al, Giro, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Let me see. Willie Nelson was in it. Oh, that's Al Jarreau. Jarreau. Yeah. All right. So, so this weird Al show. He struggled with with actually getting appropriate children's content. Yeah. Because they said that he 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 wasn't quite educational. He wasn't quite informative. Um, they said that they had to kind of struggle with the editors and the uh, the censorship board mm-hmm. because his visual and his visual humor was deemed to be a bit too adult. So the episode to to get around the educational part of it. What they did is they had uh, Retro Renegade's favorite voiceover artist, Billy West. Nice. He would come on and he would say, today's lesson is, and they would give a lesson. The lesson had absolutely nothing to do with the show. That's awesome. They would just pop out a a lesson so that they covered just, it. Just to appease that. To appease that educational, informative part that they had to do. They would throw out, here's today's lesson. Nothing to do with the show. Then the show would just spiral into absolute lunacy. Uh, Al lived in a subterranean cave dwelling. And then he would come on and say, hi, boys and girls. He would watch his television, which would have parody shows and commercials that were related to the show, but never related to the the lesson that they gave. I really hope that hit the, the mic, picked that up. What? I just farted. Oh, Jesus. Um, there's another one. That's awesome. <laughs> so most of the time, Al's friend Bobby the Inquisitive Boy would stop by and ask a question. So Al would play an old-fashioned educational film to help answer the question, but it usually had nothing to do with the question. And the, Bobby would just go, "Oh, okay." It would it would have absolutely nothing to do with what he had to, what he had asked. Oh, okay. And he'd go, "Oh, okay." <laughs> uh. Sometimes the show would feature an animated cartoon called Fat Man, where oh Weird Al God. is a fat superhero. At the end of the show, there would be a uh, commercial parody, and then a band would perform. And 
Sometimes Al would review the lesson before closing the show. Dude, that's great. Look at that thing. Oh, that is awesome. It's an animated Weird Al. In a fat suit. In a fat suit. That is great. Now, I had seen um, some of the uh, the music that was on there. Like, he would have the Aquabats on there. Uh, di- just different musical guests. And they would play a song. Not necessarily a parody song or a funny song. They would just play a song. Did he was on the Flintstones? I don't think he was on the Flintstones. I think that that's made up. I think that was a commercial. Or maybe the video for the uh, Yabba Dabba Doo Now. Um, he performed his own theme song on this. Uh, it tells the story of how Al came to live in a tree and get got a television show. And it includes references to his fabricated life story, such as working in a na- nasal decongestant factory. It referenced playing on the company's bowling team. Uh, this show, have you ever watched this show? Not for a long time. I made it through about three episodes and I was like, oh, wow. It's, it's not unwatchable, but it's one of those shows. There are many shows like this in my life. There are many shows like this, but this one is mine. I can only, no, that's the Marines. That's the Marines. (laughs) I can only watch this show in two to three episode bursts and then I have to give it up for a while. You watch it on, on 3D? Uh, no, I did not watch it in 3D. Virtual reality, because that would be great. That would be great. Al VR. Yes. I, maybe we need to write him a letter. You know what? I'm going to do that right now. Yes. So shoot off an email to Weird Al. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can contact him on his website. You can. Can you? I believe so. Um, and he says, I probably won't read it, probably won't answer it, but go ahead and do it if it makes you feel good. <laughs> uh, the other shows like this... Um, Trailer Park Boys, I can only watch in short short, seg- yeah, short segments. Um, I used to be able to watch Letterkenny that way, and then Letterkenny became wildly popular, and I cannot stand it now. I uh, oh, I can't contact him on his website. Wait. Nope. So, I think, like, the Bare Naked Ladies were on this. Um, God, who else? Hanson? Hanson was on this. Uh, like I said, just very short. I can only do two or three episodes of it, and I, I'm done because it's too goofy. Found it. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna email him. Yes. Wait a second. Let me make sure this is. Wait. No, this is for the. No, this is just for new music. Oh, well, we don't. You know, I mean, we would like that, but um, he does return as Nug or Nuge. Nuge on Reno nine one one. He was on Reno nine one one. Yeah, very cool. I do like that show. I can watch that show. So he, at the end of each show, at the, after the credits, and they would put on the. It's called Ear Booker Productions. Ear Booker. Booker. Oh. Ear Booker Productions. The logo would flash on the screen. And a three-second version of the hidden track off of Off the Deep End would play. It's called Bite Me. Nice. And it was it was uh, included as a parody of Nirvana's hidden track on Nevermind. 
but it was intended to scare the listeners into turning off the CD. No shit. At the end, it was a hidden track. It was six seconds long, and he would scream, bite me. And they would, they would supposed to be turning it off. So, uh, a, few, a few folks that we've heard of. Uh, Weird Al, obviously, playing several characters. Uh, Judy Tanuna, who is also an accordion-playing uh, comedian. You would know who she is. She's got an accordion. I've seen her. Yeah, Billy West. Uh, his parents actually appeared as themselves. Yes, we found his contact information. We will be contacting him at some point. Uh, Billy West, we always said he, he appeared on there. Um, and Harvey the Wonder Hamster played himself. Of course he did. Other folks that made cameos on the show, wish this would be a great segue to the next part, would be uh, uh, Giddy Watanabe, David Bowe, Kevin McCarthy, Emu Phillips, and Victoria Jackson. They all made cameos because they were in another piece of Weird Al media that we need to talk about. Yes, Victoria Jackson was hot. Yes. That would be the huge, wildly successful blockbuster film, UHF. I love this movie. UHF. Okay, that website didn't work. None of the buttons were clickable. Oh, damn it. Um... UHF, wildly uh, considered a commercial flop, but it's a cult classic film. This is a movie that Weird Al wanted to make, <laughs> so he made it. I don't know why. I'm just going to contact his agent. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. So, what do you think about UHF? I think it's fucking hilarious. It, you know, it's it's got so many obscure, stupid references and characters in it that it that's what makes it part of the Weird Al universe. Yeah, it fits well in his universe. Um, didn't seem to fit well in anyone else's universe. Fit well in mine. Well, I'm talking, you know, like we're weird. We're you know, we like that kind of stuff, but. People just didn't get it. People no. didn't understand it. They didn't get it. Uh, it was released in 1989. Uh, stars many of the folks that we've already talked about. Along with probably my favorite little person actor, Billy Barty. Yeah. Played the cameraman. Uh, Billy Barty also in Time Bandits. He is. And that's another one we need to talk about. Yes. Yes. We will talk about Time Bandits at some point. Basic premise is uh, Weird Al. Weird Al wrote this film, and he's got too many agents. He does. I'm just going to contact his he, manager. He 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 wrote this film, and it's about uh, basically he gets control of a TV station, and he's trying to figure out how to make make it successful because it. Gets bought out by a bigger station, or they attempt to buy it out. Yeah, to put him off channel the air. channel eight. Channel eight tries to buy it to put him off the air, so he rounds up all of his bizarre misfit friends to create original programming for this station, and he is the 
children's host um, uh, of Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse, and the show, you know, the show fails. So, in fretting over how to raise money, he forgets his girlfriend's birthday. She leaves him, so he goes to have a drink with uh, Bob, his friend Bob. You would consider us as a journalist or media, right? Sure. All right. Um, <laughs> and uh, that gives the opportunity to mild-mannered janitor Stanley, who was fired from Channel 8, to take over the... Uh, the children's show. Uh, we're just going to have to find another way to do this because I'm not spending 35 bucks. Okay. Keep talking. Um, he, uh, Stanley, the, the, the janitor, takes over the show and becomes successful. So they retitle it Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse. And this really, really pisses off the owner of Channel 8. So he decides that he's going to go ahead and pay off uh, Uncle Louie's gambling debt. And he trades it to the bookie. He, you know, he, he trades Channel 62 to the bookie. Well, this inspires Weird Al's character George to have a fundraiser. And they have a telethon. But in this telethon, they are coming up with all kinds of bizarre shit, like the wheel of fish. I like I like the guy with uh, the zoo, the petting zoo. Oh yeah, he keeps bringing in these weird ass animals. I like, did you hire him? No, I thought you did. No, <laughs> and then he's like bringing in animals that should not be petted. Yes. I think he was throwing out chickens out the window and everything else. Yes, he was teaching teaching chickens how to fly. Um, it's just, just hilarity ensues. Um, now, he wrote himself in as not the comedy, but he's the straight man. He's the, the, you know, the normal guy. He's the business guy. Yeah, he's the normal guy in this whole movie. And they, uh. I like Milo. My, who was one of Milo? Is it Milo? The, the, the. The science, the mad scientist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he his science hour? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just completely bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is just crazy. Conan the librarian. Use the dually decimal system. God love that part. And some of the parodies that he does are brilliant in this. The Rambo parody. The Rambo parody. They parody um, Dire Straits' Money for Nothing. Yep. Um, now, some of his uh, influences, the Mad Magazine mascot, Alfred E. Newman, that's how he got his last name, of George Newman. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Stanley Spadowski is patterned after Christopher Lloyd's character, Jim Ignatowski, off of Taxi. I can see that. They considered offering Christopher Lloyd the film, but they went with Michael Richards, who played... Kramer, Kramer and Seinfeld, a show that I've never watched. I always watched it for Kramer because I thought Seinfeld was boring, but I did like Kramer. Yeah. Um, 
Now, Michael Richards' agents told Weird Al that they were not interested in this role because Michael Richards was suffering of a bout of Bell's palsy. And they thought that, no, he, he shouldn't be doing this because half of his face was paralyzed. But Michael Richards came in to read for it and dropped right into the character perfectly as they envisioned it. Nice. So they, they stuck with him. They did not get Christopher Lloyd for the uh, for the role. I think both would have been great. Oh, yeah. But knowing that, you can see where the inspiration of Jim from Taxi, uh-huh. you can see that. Um, that crazy goofiness. Yeah. Like, and just, like borderline insane. Yeah, kind of burnout. So this is very interesting. So his girlfriend... Terry, they didn't really think that the, they didn't think they needed to really develop her, her character. character at all. They just needed a romantic lead for him to play off of. So they considered and auditioned Ellen DeGeneres and Jennifer Tilly. Really? But they found that Victoria Jackson, with her soft demeanor, would be better suited for the role. Jennifer Tilly kind of has the same voice as. Or- Victoria Jackson has that same kind of squeaky voice as Jennifer Tilly does. Yeah. Um, and the blonde hair of Ellen. So, I mean, it's like... It's a kind of a combination. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been better with Ellen. Or not Ellen, but Jennifer Tilly. They... R.J. Fletcher, the... The, the lead, lead villain. villain. You know who they wanted to audition for that? Uh-uh. Leslie Nielsen. Oh, shit. He would have been amazing. But the gentleman... Uh, Kevin McCarthy that ended up getting the role. Yeah. They found that he was another, kind of in the same phase of his career as Leslie Nielsen, where they were serious actors and they transitioned into satire. Yeah. So Kevin McCarthy got it instead. And then they got Fran Dressler, the nanny. Fran Dresser. They thought that her nasally voice was hilarious to be a news anchor. <laughs> now, Jerry Seinfeld was uh, considered for the role of George's friend Bob, but he turned it down. So, sucks for him. They got David Bowe, who was a longtime Weird Al fan. He auditioned and got the role. Nice. Um, they wanted Joel Hogson for Philo. He turned it down because he didn't think he was a good actor, and he was working on Mystery Science Theater 3000. So they approached Crispin Glover, but he said he only wanted to play a used car salesman in no other part. Oh, he was the used car salesman guy. Yeah. Okay. And they, you know, they just kept offering it up to people, and finally they they got their final their final uh, choice. Emil Phillips. Who, Emil Phillips is just insane. They wanted to include him somehow, and they just created the role of the clumsy shop teacher that cuts his fingers off. Oh, yeah. And uh, then, you know, the, uh, the, the hobo that is constantly outside begging for change? Yep. They, they found the actor, Vance Colvig Jr., but... Ginger Baker from Cream auditioned for the role. Is that who that guy was? Yes. Yes. Uh, 
Stallone had uh, initially appeared to make a cameo appearance. As Rambo? Well... Or no, as Rocky. It was in the dream sequence where, you know, Weird Al imagined himself as the Rambo soldier. Yeah. But then he ultimately, you know, decided not, it would not be a good idea for his career. Probably a good choice. That would have been great. It would have been. He's made some terrible movies. I know, but this is just too bizarre. So, uh, the reception of this film. This, This might get rough. Um, it has a 61% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't terrible. The average score, though, is 5.8 out of 10. And their, their review of it is, UHF is, is bizarre, freewheeling, and spotty, uh, although its uh, anarchic spirit cannot be denied. Uh, let's see what Roger Ebert had to say about it. Oh, he hated fucking everything. He said that Yankovic's approach to satire and parody works for the short-form music video, but does not work out to fill an entire full-length movie. Yes, it does. Shut your mouth. He said that Yankovic had a lack of screen presence that created a dispirited vacuum at the center of many scenes. He gave it one star out of four. Now, his partner, Gene Siskel said, never before has a comedy tried so hard and failed so often to be funny, and he gave it a zero rating. Wow. Um, they just, most of the, the critics basically said that since it was a, a film just comprised of different parodies, it lacked structure, and it just didn't really gel to make a, a good movie. They said that UH, uh, the, the behind the music episode said that UHF enjoyed one of the most successful test screenings in Orion Films history. Wow! They wanted it to be a Orion Films thought it was going to be the summer blockbuster of their releases. Yeah, but then they compared it to Young Einstein, which also scored well but fell flat. Uh, Weird Al said that this is not a critic movie. He felt that it would be a. He felt that the movie would save Orion Studios, but it was not treated well because of the, uh, you know, the reception it got from the critics. Yeah. He said. Weird Al says, every morning I would wake up to fresh strawberries next to my bed, and then the movie bombed, and I woke up and there were no more strawberries. Now the reason that it kind of bombed is within the month prior to the release. Oh, they had Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Batman. Ghostbusters 2. Yep. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2. License to Kill. When Harry Met Sally. The Spike Jones movie. or uh, Yeah, Spike Jones? No, Spike. Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Do the Right Thing. And Weekend at Bernie's. So they were they were up against a, a shitload of powerhouses. Yes, um, which that you know that's not. I mean, I've seen them post movies and or bring movies out against, say, like the Avengers. Yeah, and, and the movies flop, and they don't know why because it was a great movie. Well, fuck, you put it out the same weekend as the Avengers, or say, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, people are going to flock to go see Harrison Ford right. and Sean Connery and not go see Weird Al in his goofy movie. And where they might have gone, 
they had they had so many movies to go see, and yeah. that one just fell to the bottom of the list, and they didn't end up going and seeing it because it was probably out of the theaters by the time they got around to it. Yeah, this would have been a movie because we got most movies that come out like in the summer mm-hmm. or late winter, closer to Christmas. Right. So with a movie like this, I would have put it like right around Halloween. That would be a good time for it. Yeah, like a, a fall a fall yeah. movie. Um, yeah, because they need to be released when there's not a rush. Summer blockbusters, Christmas yeah. blockbusters. It needed to have that window where there's not a lot going on and there's this weird-ass movie that is kind of funny. Yeah. You know? Um, the legacy of the movie. It's become a cult classic. Uh, the video, home video release, and the cable releases kind of made it skyrocket into that stratosphere of cult classics. Um, It was out of print for many, many years because it didn't sell. And then it became one of those movies that not a lot of people had, but everybody wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Freaked. Yes. You still can't get a copy of that. Right. They, the fans actually kind of, uh, first they made the, the, the prices of the movies out there skyrocket. Mm-hmm. You had to pay fifty to a hundred dollars or more to get a copy of this for a VHS. For a VHS. So finally, in two thousand two, it was released on DVD and it became a top ten bestseller. And they also put extras on the DVD of music videos, commentary tracks. Uh, surprise appearances from Michael Richards and Emil Phillips and Victoria Jackson just kind of showed up and just went through the motions. Uh, they put deleted scenes in there. Shout Factory put it out. Victoria Jackson didn't want to be there. No. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. Uh, Shout Factory. Because she was, this is like right when she was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it was like, I don't want anything to do with this, but I have to go do it. Yeah. Um, Shout Factory put out a 25th anniversary in 2014, and it has since been released on Blu-ray, and uh, it kind of skyrocketed to its place now, where it's it's in that cult classic that cult scene. classic genre, and people love it. Weird Al wanted to make a sequel. Oh no shit! But by the time it got its popularity, the comedy scene had changed so much. The, and the kind of the advent of the internet and viral videos. Yeah. This stuff was everywhere on the internet. And he's like, I can't really, I can't really recreate this magic because there's too much like it now. That makes sense. Um, so they scrapped it. I think that'd be great still though. Yeah. So then, like I said earlier, they brought all these Stars back to guest star on the Weird Al show, and uh, there is a web series called the Real UHF that was heavily inspired by the film, uh, which starred Doctor Demento, Neil Hamburger, and Count Smokula. Count Smokula. <laughs> Count Smokula. Uh, he's a uh, comedic fictional character played by Robert Smokey Miles. I've never heard of him. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, here it is. The real, well, that's their... It, appeared, it featured guest appearances by Devo, 
George Clinton and others. Tom Green. And uh, it was made, it was a brainchild of a guy named Zach Walk, who was an intern for Tim and Eric's awesome show. Great job. The Cartoon Network series regular show often references the Twinkie Wiener Sandwich that's highlighted in the film. Yep. And uh, they show a montage of some of the characters eating a delicacy at a food stand in the park. And the YouTube chef, Andrew Rhea, uh, attempted to cook Bob's favorite Twinkie Wiener Sandwich, in which the wiener... We're going to give the recipe for it. A wiener... Otherwise known as a hot dog. Hot dog. Is inserted into the top of a cut Twinkie and then topped with easy cheese. He says it's delicious. The real UHF TV dot TV does not exist anymore. Damn it. That would I, I'd love to see it. But oh well. I'm gonna try it somewhere else alone. So yeah, UHF. What 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 do you feel about UHF? I think it's fucking hilarious. I recently, you know, in preparation for this episode, rewatched it. And <laughs> you have to view it understanding when it was made. Yeah. Because it does, in part, it does not hold up to this era. However, if you think of it as. Okay. So, okay, okay, what, what we got? The real UHF, they don't have a website anymore, but I found, if this is it, their YouTube channel. They, it's on YouTube? Yep. Okay. Well, we'll have to take a look at that. Uh, if this is it. It's only got seven videos. Okay, well, we'll take a look at that later. Eh, maybe. It might be it. We'll find out. But yeah, if, if you if you watch it knowing when it was made and just kind of removing any expectations you have if you've ever seen it. Yeah. It is fun. It's funny. Uh, highlight, the, uh, the Wheel of Fish is a highlight. And I have seen, you know, like those pop culture boxes, the mystery boxes that come out? Yeah. I have seen it referenced in several of those as an art print or as a special... Some special feature, uh, one of which being a, an enamel pin of a functional wheel of fish. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So it still holds a place in pop culture, and I believe it's beloved in a certain group of people. You know, people that like that stupid comedy. Yeah. It's a beloved movie. I think it's probably influenced certain films like Zapped. Uh, I think that... It, that there's the influences out there, but it's you goofy. gotta know where to look for it. It's too damn goofy for mainstream audience, at least in today's for normal people. Yeah, you got to be a little weird to if, like this movie. Yeah, if you're not a little weird, you're gonna think this movie's terrible. Yeah, which the movie's funny. I don't care. It's funny. It is funny. It's funnier than hell. Almost every reference and how they act, like I mean, even the the president of Channel Eight. He's like over the top dick. Yes. And you He's like the typical eighties businessman. Just a prick. Tyrant. Yes. Yeah. Uh and you know, not we won't ruin the end for you because I'm sure everybody's gonna rush out to see this film. Do it. Uh do it but now. 
kind of a heartwarming end. Do it. Do it now. Oh, my God. So, anything else you want to talk about? Weird Al, UHF, Weird Al Show? No, I think we covered a lot of good stuff here. We really did. Um, and, like you know, like we, we mentioned before, the world needs more Weird Al because it would be a better place if people would just chill out and laugh a little bit. Yeah. Find something to not maliciously make fun of, but make fun with. Yeah. Because that's there's, a, there's a huge difference. Yes. Weird Al had fun and made fun with all these people because they all gave him for the most part permission permission to have fun with their product with their with them to parody them parody's a lost art these days it is and that's why I like Psycho Stick because it's parody it's yeah when we get done I'll show you a couple of their songs okay and you'll see what I'm talking about so yeah just check out some Weird Al have fun Laugh a little bit. Let loose. Lighten up. I think that's the... Lighten up. Lighten up a little bit. Um, yeah. So, should we wrap this one up? Yes. All right. Well, for Loosen the... up your tidy whities That's right. That's right. It, that could be a song. That could be a song. We'll have, to, we'll have to write that song. We'll perform it. Yes. We have some friends that would help us. Yeah, we do. We yeah. actually do. So, um, check us out on, uh, the, on our social media we don't do a lot, but check us out anyways. Like us. Interact with us. Call us. 669-B-RETRO. That's B-E-R-E-T-R-O. That's our phone number. You have to spell it out old school because I can't remember the damn numbers. It's late. It is late. Um, and we're old. Email us. RetroPowerHour at gmail.com. I was just getting ready to say that because I said it in the other episode. Yeah, you remembered it. I did right off the top of my head. And yeah. I just drew a blank. Uh, Anchor app, you can leave us a voicemail there. Check us out on the electric, electronicmediacollective.com. Electronicmediacollective.com. We should start an Instagram or a TikTok. <laughs> we I should. don't know how to do that shit, though. Maybe a YouTube channel. Maybe a YouTube channel. We'll do something, eventually. You know, only, what, a year and a half into it? Yeah. We'll, we'll do something. we got to fix the damage hole on my wall first. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do that, but no, we should fix my it. My chair did. So, for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power, I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> Here's some weird out for you. bitty boy living in a box under the stairs in the corner of the basement of the house half a block down the street from jerry's bait shop you know the place well anyway back then life was going swell and everything was just peachy except of course for the undeniable fact that every single morning my mother would make me a big old bowl of sauerkraut for breakfast I said, hey, mom, what's up with all the sauerkraut? And my dear sweet mother, she just looked at me like a cow looks at an oncoming train. And she leaned right down next to me. And she said, it's good for you! And then she tied me to the wall and stuck a funnel in my mouth and force-fed me nothing but sauerkraut until I was 26 and a half years old. That's when I swore that someday, someday I would get out of that basement and travel to a magical faraway place where the sun is always shining and the air smells like warm root beer and the towels are oh so fluffy. Where the shriners and the lepers play their ukuleles all day long and anyone 
Street will gladly shave y'all back for a nickel. Waka waka doo doo, yeah. Well, let me tell you, people, it wasn't long at all before my dream came true. Because the very next day, a local radio station had this contest to see who could correctly guess the number of molecules in Leonard Nimoy's butt. I was off by three, but I still won the grand prize. That's right, a first-class one-way ticket to Albuquerque. sit between two large Albanian women with excruciatingly severe body odor, and the little kid in back of me kept throwing up the whole time. The flight attendants ran out of Dr. Pepper and salted peanuts, and the in-flight movie was Biodome with Polly Shore, and oh yeah, three of the airplane engines burned out. We went into a tailspin and crashed into a hillside, and the plane exploded in a giant fireball, and everybody died. Except for me. You know why? Cause I have my tray table up, and my seat back in the fall up, have a tray table up And my seat back in the full upright position Have a tray table up And my seat back in the full upright position <laughs> So I crawled from the twisted burning wreckage I crawled on my hands and knees for three full days Dragging along my big leather suitcase and my garment bag And my tenor saxophone and my 12-pound bowling ball And my lucky-lucky autograph glow-in-the-dark snorkel But finally I arrived at the world-famous Albuquerque Holiday Inn Where the towels are oh-so-fluffy And you can eat your soup right out of the ashtrays if you wanna It's okay, they're clean Well, I checked into my room and I turned down the AC And I turned on the SpectraVision about to eat that little chocolate mint on my pillow that I love so very, very much when suddenly there's a knock on the door. Well, now, who could that be? I say, who is it? No answer. Who is it? There's no answer. Who is it? They're not saying anything. So finally, I go over and I open the door, and just as I suspected, it's some big fat hermaphrodite with a flock of seagulls haircut and only one nostril. Oh, man, I hate it when I'm right. So anyway, he burst into my room and he grabbed my lucky snorkel and I'm like, Hey, you can't have that. That snorkel's been just like a snorkel to me. And he's like, tough. And I'm like, give it. And he's like, make me. And I'm like, okay. So I grabbed his leg and he grabbed my esophagus and I bit off his ear and he chewed off my eyebrows and I took out his appendix and he gave me a colonic irrigation. Yes, indeed, you better believe it. And somehow in the middle of it all, the phone got knocked off the hook. 20 seconds later, I heard a familiar voice. And you know what it said? I'll tell you what it said. It said, if you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. Justice. But first I decided to buy some donuts. So I got in my car and I drove over to the donut shop and I walked on up to the guy behind the counter and he says, yeah, what do you want? I said, you got any glazed donuts? He said, no, we're out of glazed donuts. I said, well, you got any 
any jelly donuts? He said, no, we're out of jelly donuts. I said, you got any Bavarian cream-filled donuts? He said, no, we're out of Bavarian cream-filled donuts. I said, you got any cinnamon rolls? He said, no, we're out of cinnamon rolls. I said, you got an apple fritters? He said, no, we're out of apple fritters. I said, you got any bear claws? He said, wait a minute, I'll go check. What do you have? He says, all I got right now is this box of one dozen starving crazed weasels. I said, okay, I'll take that. So he hands me the box and I open up the lid and the weasels jump out. They immediately latch onto my face and start biting me all over. <laughs> oh man, they were just going nuts. They were tearing me apart. You know, I think it was just about that time that a little ditty started going through my head. I believe it went a little something like this. I ran out into the street with these flesh-eating weasels all over my face, waving my arms all around and just running, running, running like a constipated wiener dog. And as luck would have it, that's exactly when I ran into the girl of my dreams. Her name was Zelda. She was a calligraphy enthusiast with a slight overbite and hair the color of strained peaches. I'll never forget the very first thing she said to me. She said, hey, you got weasels on your face. That's when I knew it was true love. We were inseparable after that. Oh, we ate together, we bathed together, we even shared the same piece of mint-flavored dental floss. The world was our burrito. So we got married and we bought us a house and had two beautiful children, Nathaniel and Superfly. Oh, we were so very, very, very happy. Oh, yeah. But then one fateful night, Zelda said to me, she said, Sweetie Pumpkin, do you want to join the Columbia Record Club? I said, whoa, hold on now, baby. I'm just not ready for that kind of a commitment. So we broke up and I never saw her again, but that's just the way things go. Just to be funny, I took a big bite out of his jugular vein, and he's yelling and screaming. 
is bleeding all over, and I'm like, hey, come on, don't you get it? But he just keeps rolling around on the sidewalk, bleeding and screaming, ah! 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 And I'm completely missing the irony of the whole situation. Man, some people just can't take a joke, you know? Anyway, um, where was I? Well, okay, anyway, I, I know it's kind of a roundabout way of saying it, but I guess the whole point I'm trying to make here is I hate sauerkraut! That's all I'm really trying to say. And by the way, if one day you happen to wake up and find yourself in an existential quandary full of loathing and self-doubt and racked with the pain and isolation of your pitiful, meaningless existence, at least you can take a small bit of comfort in knowing that somewhere out there in this crazy old mixed-up universe of ours, there's still a little place called Albuquerque.